Hi, listeners. You can now listen to this community podcast production ad-free on Apple Podcasts and access the podcast one week early and get exclusive bonus content. Just hit the subscribe button now on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want access to all of the above, plus video versions of the podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing. Hello, lovely listeners. It's a very quick bonus episode that we have in store for you today. But before we crack into Catherine's, well, gems of wisdom, we want to give a big shout out to our new Patreon supporters. That's Matthew Vega and Jenny Malone. Thank you so much. We are loving our ever building Stop the Killing Patreon community. And if you want to be part of the solution and support the podcast, then just head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing and you'll find early access to episodes, video interviews, ad free episodes and just loads of bonus content. As always, the link is in the show notes. With that, on with today's episode. People who listen to the podcast, they might not be aware that you've also got a newsletter and a blog. And I bring this up because the other day in my inbox, your recent email or newsletter came up and it was really interesting. It was titled The New Normal. Do you want to just give the listeners who didn't have the privilege of seeing that newsletter a little bit of a rundown of what was in it? Sure. You know, people who go to my website, katherineschweit.com, can sign up for my newsletter. And then I try to kind of write about whatever's going on and what's new. And so I said the same day Japan's former prime minister, Shirzo Abe, was assassinated with a homemade gun, July 8th, I checked to see how many violent firearms deaths we had had so far this year in the United States. The number was somewhat north of 10,000. Wow. We also generally clock twice as many suicides and accidental deaths by firearms. Reports are that Japan has had about a dozen gun-related criminal cases in the past year, resulting in one death and four injuries, most of the cases involving gangs. A few days after Mr. Abe was killed with a homemade gun, 15 people died when a group of men drove up and opened fire in front of a local tavern in Johannesburg's Soweto Township in South Africa. This occurred just days after the July 4th shoppers at a Copenhagen Denmark mall scattered after a 22-year-old with a rifle sprayed bullets, killing three and injuring more than a dozen. Three overseas events make it into the international news every time because they are rare and horrible. Because they are not normal, they garner news coverage. The United States is not Japan or Copenhagen. I reflected on the estimated 19 million guns sold in the United States last year and matched this with more than 200 deaths that occurred over the July 4th weekend alone. It is hard to acknowledge that gun violence happens across the globe, but in the United States, we might make more headway on fighting gun violence if it was accepted that violence and self-inflicted gun deaths are now our new normal. (sighs) What a shitty new normal. Yeah, I know. 
That's my job though. I mean, I don't know why I say it's my job because I don't even have a job anymore. Um, but <laughs> she says from her retirement. Right. But I feel like it's my job to say the uh, what to me is the obvious. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Have you ever felt that pang of disappointment when you couldn't add a ticket to your collection because it was digital or maybe you just lost it? Well, stubforge.com is here to change that. Imagine this, tickets that not only look but feel like the real deal because each ticket from Stubforge is printed on the same quality stock that Ticketmaster uses and printed with genuine ticket printers. It's like holding a piece of the concert, the game, or the show right in your hands. But Stubforge isn't just about replacing tickets. With the easy-to-use interactive designer, you can create custom tickets for anything, from concerts to sports games, pregnancy announcements, or parties. Why not make your invitations stand out with tickets that are as unique as your event? And if you're trying to complete a back catalogue of missing tickets, StubForge offers bulk discounts to make it both easy and affordable. With StubForge, you can once more give your loved ones physical tickets and see their eyes light up instantly at the best gift you can give. So whether you're looking to reignite your ticket collection, craft the perfect gift, or send the coolest invites, head over to stubforge.com. Start creating today and see how Stubforge makes every ticket a story worth saving. Visit stubforge.com and start making tickets today. I was having a conversation yesterday. Some of our listeners might know who Newt Gingrich is. Uh, mm. Newt Gingrich was the Republican Speaker of the House for a long time and very much a power broker in the US for years and years. And I was asked to be on his podcast. So I was talking to him the other day. And the first thing that he asked me about was, we had an incident that occurred in Indianapolis where there was a shooting in a mall, Indianapolis, Indiana. And there was a shooting in a mall by an individual who came to the mall intending to kill a lot of people, stepped into a bathroom, came out of that bathroom an hour later and began firing at people in a food court. And there was a 22-year-old nearby with his, I'm going to say girlfriend, but it could have been his wife. And I apologize for not recalling which. And he was carrying a handgun, which he owned and he had a legal right to carry. And he drew that gun and fired and killed the shooter from a pretty good distance, particularly for somebody who has no law enforcement experience and military experience. And that was viewed as a, a citizen involved shooting that is really pretty unusual. And yeah. Mr. Gingrich was asking me about that. And as we began to talk, I said, you know, but we have to remember that 
those kinds of civilian responses in, say, 400 kind of active shooter situations we've had in the last 25 years, we've had maybe a dozen where a civilian successfully pulled a gun and neutralized or even interfered with a shooting. Right. Right. So it's very unusual to have that happen. But once we started talking about shootings, and I, just as an example, I told Mr. Gingrich that that two thirds of our firearms deaths in the United States are suicides. He was he was kind of shocked, and it stopped him in his tracks. And he said, Mm. "I don't think we talk about firearms this way." And so I guess that's what I try to do in my newsletter. I come to you as my news source, which is a little bit lazy. Uh, But (laughs) this whole idea that a civilian has shot and stopped a killer, what is that going to do for the rhetoric around guns and gun access in the US? Is it going to be a positive thing or a negative thing in your opinion? I think it's going to embolden people to think they can stop a shooter and it's going to prompt more people to carry their guns with them all the time. And whether that's a good or bad thing, I think time will tell Yeah, because it's very unusual. And we have, you know, a number of people who've been killed when they have tried to confront a shooter with a weapon because they're not as accurate as they think they might be because, you know, the last time they shot was six months ago at paper in a gun range and they never raised a gun to an individual. And we may see some shooters who in their panic to fire their weapon hit other innocent civilians. Right, exactly. I worry about that. And time will tell. And, you know, it's easy to talk about all the dire circumstances that can happen. But I would think that uh, we will definitely have more people who are saying, I'm never going to the mall again without my gun. I'm never going shopping again without my gun. I'm never going to the movies without my gun. So we're going to have a lot more guns out probably on the street. Ohio is a land of mystery, from missing shipwrecks and lost treasure beneath her surface to strange phenomenon slicing through her skies, from myths that have evolved around historic events and people to the unsolved murders and disappearances that keep her communities wondering what happened. Find Ohio Mysteries on your favorite podcast app, and let's explore the inexplicable. OhioMysteries.com. Hello, this is Dr. Grande, the host of True Crime Psychology and Personality. On my podcast, I explore and explain the pathology behind some of the most horrendous crimes and those who commit them. We discuss topics like narcissism, psychopathy, sociopathy, and antisocial personality disorder from a scientifically informed perspective. What is a narcissist? How do you spot a sociopath? What signs can you look for to protect yourself from these dangerous personalities? It's not just about the stories, but also the science and psychology behind them. So if you're interested in true crime or mental health, I'd encourage you to give my show a listen wherever you get podcasts. You know, one of the things that I talked about in my newsletter is that People in the media, the decision makers on what what coverage there is, people are making decisions on what goes on the news feed. Part of what prompted me to write this newsletter is that there were interviews done with news leaders in the United States on how they make decisions. And one of the things that I think was truthful on their part and horrifying 
is one of the producers who was interviewed by the news reporter said, we make a decision based on how horrific the shooting is and how many people are killed. Wow. And doesn't that just encourage the next person to do a better job of killing more people? Yeah. If you're wanting that contagion effect to just take off, make the people famous that are giving you the biggest numbers and the most horrific incidents. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there and pose this question. You know, what is it that is going to make you comfortable? What do you want to know? What do you think we can do to stop the killing? I'd be happy to hear those things. Not that I can respond to all of them, but I'd be really happy to hear those things there. And I would be happy to talk about those situations. And then I guess I would challenge you to not pander to the news of the horrible I read a news story just the other day that said that a massive amount of people don't watch the news because it's too depressing. You know, take small bites of it, but understand the news or you won't be able to affect change. Also, don't pass on stories, photos, videos. Don't let your horror make you be part of the news and don't only read and click on the news stories that have to do with horror, right? I mean, true crime is something that fascinates all of us. And I think it's a, you know, it's a healthy fascination because the idea of why does somebody choose to do this is fascinating, but pandering to the horrible isn't necessarily a good thing if it continues to foment more violence. That's what I'm concerned about. Maybe that's a little too esoteric for this hour of the day. I think it's a question that comes up a lot around true crime. It was interesting at CrimeCon in London, they had a panel talking about that very thing and there was a psychologist on it. And I thought it was really interesting what she said, because you look around the audience and it's mainly made up of females that are in the true crime listening audience that were at at CrimeCon in particular. And the question was, why is so many women interested in true crime? And it was more about that a lot of these crimes are against women, not necessarily mass shooting because it's such a, what's the word? It's an everyman sport. God. (laughs) Well, that is a, can I just say a f***ing horrific bumper sticker? Mass shooting, every man's sport. Yeah, you've hit that on the head. (laughs) There's a misogynistic aspect to so many of these incidents. Violence against a woman. And I think that now there is enough true crime content out there that you don't have to put into what somebody termed trauma porn in your earbuds. Right, right. I agree. There's no need for that. Find information that is victim-led and empowering and gives you some tools when you've come out of listening to it. I like that. I mean, definitely that's a great message and a great message to end on because there are so many positive things that can come out of a negative if you look for them. You know, the negatives are going to happen. Let's find the positives. Thanks for listening. And if you want to know more, Catherine's book, Stop the Killing, is out now. For more details, go to katherineschweit.com. Please consider also supporting our independently made podcast. It's simple to do. Go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing. And for as little as the price of a latte a month, you can be part of the solution to stop the killing. Patreon rewards range from official do-gooder status to ad-free episodes, autographed books, and opportunities to connect with us directly for your business, school, church, or even just a book club chat. But just knowing that you are part of a movement that has the power to make your community safer, well, that's got to taste better than a skinny cappuccino any day. So please head to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing now and polish off your do-gooder halo and make sure to include your name so we can give you a shout out. 
This podcast is a community podcast production. That's con with an N. If you want more content, then head over to Community Podcast at Instagram, where you'll find trailers on more binge-worthy true crime, like the award-winning podcast Conning the Con. And check out our show notes for all the links mentioned. Finally, if you want one takeaway action that you can do right now that can help make our community safer, please share, rate and review this podcast wherever you listen. Everybody needs to know that they hold the keys to see something and say something. Together, we can stop the killing. It's one of those things you hope never happens, but you better train for it. Because it will happen, and it will happen in places you wouldn't expect. Be ready for it. If you're enjoying Stop the Killing, check out more podcasts from Community Podcast Productions, like this one. 24 hours ago, I found out the person that I've been dating for the last six months is a con man. That is my sister, Emma. Andrew Tonks's lies had been so convincing, she'd invested $300,000 with him. However, the tables were about to turn on Andrew. What he didn't know was that Emma had discovered his real identity. But to get any chance of justice, Emma had to act like it was business as usual. Coming up in this series... And that's when murder, all this stuff goes through my mind. I'm really, really scared. I'm assuming Sarah has watched too much Netflix and figures I've been defrauding you. Couldn't be further from the truth. That's what this was, a real-life story that seems so unbelievable, but it was actually true. A true story that all starts with one simple swipe to the right. I'm Sarah Ferris. And I'm Emma Ferris, and this is my story, Conning the Con.